This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, continuing our understanding of what is going on in this crazy world and Galut Yishmael in particular. I want to speak about the following two questions. Number one, has anyone ever seen a map before? Now, in this map, if you take a look at the Middle East, there is a lot of land. We're asking a question. You have a map of the Middle East that has a lot of land. If you take a look at all of the land that is controlled by the Yishma'elim. It's a lot. How much land is Israel? A tiny amount. Why is everyone concerned in the world, but particular, all of the Yishma'elim are concerned about Eretz Yisrael? There must be some reason to it. And I'm not going to discuss the political aspects of it because that's not relevant. But why is it that the Yishmaelim think that they have a right in Eretz Yisrael? That's the question. Number two, number two is we know from last week's parasha, the Balaturim tells us that the last pasuk of last week's parasha, we mentioned this yeah, last week, that when Yishmael falls, says I, the last pasuk in last week's parasha, al kol nafal, and then ele toldot Yitzchak ben Avram, and the Balaturim says when Yishmael falls, Yitzchak and ben David of Yitzchak is going to come, the Gula is going to come. That was when when uh, Esav when Esav falls, Yaakov rising when Yaakov falls, when, rises. No, so here it says that when Yishmael is going to fall. So Yitzchak is going to come up. Why Tafka Yitzchak? Why, why Yitzchak? Why are you not from Avram? So the Gemara in Masechet uh, Shabbat says that Yitzchak is going to come and he's going to, his, with the schut of Yitzchak, there's going to be, a, uh, there, there, there's going to be the, the zechut of the final geula. So why specifically of the schut of Yitzchak? So I want to share with you a very important dimension in this machloket between Galut uh, Yishmael, uh, between us and and um, and and Bnei Yishmael, the Zohar Kadosh in Parashat Vaera says the following: Avraham said, "Yishmael, Lu Yishmael Yichielifanecha." In other words, that he prayed that Yishmael should still live. Even though Hashem announced Avram Avinu is going to have Yitzchak, but Avram wanted that Yishmael has some type of schut. And Yishmael indeed had a Brit Milah, and this Brit Milah happened when he was 13 years old. And the Zohar Kadosh says like this, Yishmael. For 400 years, the one in charge came 
on Bnei Ishmael and he asked in front of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Mi shenimol, yesh lo chelik b'shimcha, somebody who has a Brit Milah, he should have a zikhut. So the Tsar of Yishmael asked that Yishmael should have a right, should some type of zikhut. So we answered back, he didn't have the proper milah because it wasn't in the eight days. It wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't the same, same type of brit, brit milah. In Kolze, the Saramemun says some type of schar I should get. So the midrash says. So the, this is the Zora Kadosh, written how many how many hundreds of years ago, a thousand something years ago. Atidim. Not two thousand years ago. Atidim bnei Ishmael. Lishlot at Eretz Kedusha Zman Harbe Besha Shehireka Mikol. Eventually, Yishmael is going to rule on Eretz Israel when it's empty. This is the Zohar Kadosh, written by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, two thousand years ago, that Eretz Israel is going to be controlled by Yishmael when it's empty. And just like the Mila was empty without any Shlemut so too they will have a zikhut in Eretz Yisrael when Eretz Yisrael is empty. And they're not going to let them return to their land until the zikhut of Bnei Ishmael finishes up. So that's what you see from the Zohar Kadosh. And there's a Midrash that actually mentions this conflict between Yishmael and Avram Avinu. Yishmael was telling Avram, uh, tell, I'm sorry, and Yitzchak, saying Yishmael was saying, you don't even have a Briyad of Brit Milah when you didn't have a choice. You were, eight, you were eight days old. I was 13 years old when I had it. So Yitzchak says, Hashem, show him that I have the schut of Mesirot Nefesh. And that's what Akidat Yitzchak happened. And, Avram, and Yitzchak was able to show that he was able to give his whole Nefesh, not only his Brit Milah. That shows that his Brit Milah will be Shlemut. Whereas Yishmael's Brit Milah says the Zorah Kadosh is missing. So now we understand why the... Two things. Number one, why the Geula has to come through Yitzchak. Because it's the Zichut of the Brit of Yitzchak. When Yishmael's Zichut is going to finish, that's when Yitzchak's Zichut is going to kick in. That's number one. And number two, we understand why Yishmael thinks they have a right in Eretz Yisrael. In the Sefer called Dodi Dofek, from Rabbi Goldberg from Cleveland... He has notes there from Rabbi Yisrael Elia Weintraub, the great Mikubal from Bnei Brak, Rabbi Yisrael Elia Weintraub. And he says something unbelievable in page Kuftet. says, Bnei Esav took Eretz Yisrael from the Bnei Yishmaelim in the year Tafresh Ein Chet, which is the year 1918. That's when Yishmael's Zichut in the land of Eretz Yisrael ran out. 1918. And then you can, then they didn't already have a zikhut in Eretz Yisrael. And then already we started having more of a zikhut in Eretz Yisrael. And the Zohar Kadosh writes in Parashat Shemot because of, because of the zikhut of us having the Brit, that is what's gonna bring us back to our zikhut. What does that mean having the Brit? So Rabbi Weintraub says, Specifically, keeping the four things that the Gemara Masechet Avodazara Daflamet Vav Amudbet says that if we keep properly, that means that we have Kedushat Abrit, and that's called Nashgaz. Nashgaz means the laws of Nida, the laws of not marrying a Shifcha, 
uh, a maidservant, just uh, uh, just uh, just being with a maidservant. Number three, gimel with a goyim, not 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 uh, having any connections, especially intimate connections with goyim, and zayin zona, and not having. Uh, uh, any type of connections with a, a, a woman not through ways of marriage. Even if she's tehora from Znut. So there's Nida, Shivcha, Goya, Zona. Eshetish, not even to discuss. That's, that's for sure. That's Najga. We're not even talking about that. But in the Zichut that we keep, the mitzvot that keep our Berit properly, that is going to vanquish B'nai Yishmael. Unbelievable. And unbelievable how if we focus on being Jews, and there's a lot of noise around us, how people hate us. It, it, you don't have to be phased by that. It's all written many, many years ago in Chazal that this was going to happen, and that the Goy and that the Bnei Ishmael especially think that they have a right in Eretz Israel. And they try to penetrate, but because of their lack of Kedushat Tabrit, we will win. But we have to believe that we're going to win. We have to believe in the Berachot. That is the difference. And look at the, in Parashat Toldot, how Hashem gave the Berachot to Yitzchak. Yitzchak gave them to Yaakov. Yaakov got the Berachot. Rabbi Yerucham from the Mir says that a person could gain a tremendous amount of imunah if he believes and when he reads Chumash and Rashi that could give him tremendous imunah. And in these weeks when we read about the brachot between Yitzchak and Esav and how Yitzchak got the brachot and he gave them over to Yaakov and now Yaakov is going in this week's parasha and parashat Vayetze, and he is going to continue those brachot and he's going to be mamid shvatim. Nothing else should faze us. All of it is noise. But we have to believe in the brachot. If we believe in the brachot, then they will happen. So I want to tell you a story that's unrelated to this, but it's related to the power of believing in brachot. And believing in tzaddikim, and then and then and then the world could happen. Anything could happen. And then anything could happen. There was a great tzaddik that uh, actually even lived in Los Angeles for a short period of time. His name was the Ribbonet Sarebi. He's buried in Muncie. Thousands of people go to his kever for a Yeshua. He was an unbelievable. Tzaddik, that miracles happened by him left and right. It was, it's incredible. I mean, there's a safer book on art school that came out, from art school that just came out on him. And there's uh, another book previously that, that was written about him. But it, you wouldn't believe the, the miracles that came out. And for me personally, it gives me chizuk to see that there was uh, a tzaddik that worked on himself. He didn't get kochotatumah or anything like that. He didn't use a, a practical Kabbalah even. He was purely oved Hashem. And because he was purely Oved Hashem, Hashem listened to his tefillot. Very much like Baba Sali. They once said, Baba Sali, when you have, you have such a power of Barachot, how, how, how does it all happen? He says, I really don't know. I, I am a certain, I, I try to be Oved Hashem to my 100th degree. So Hashem listens to me as well. 
maybe that's pshat, and that's with the Ribbon Rebbe as well. He did everything that he can for Hashem, so Hashem listened to him. So there was one time a person, his name was, was Mendel Seidenfeld. Mendel Seidenfeld was an owner of a building in, borough, in, in New York, and uh, there was a dispute between him and the tenants that the tenants felt that, uh, it, that he wasn't taking care of the heating properly and he put in a new boiler. They went on rent strike and they wouldn't, and they wouldn't uh, pay rent. And he was stuck and he was going to default on the mortgage. And then there was a fire in the building that destroyed the whole building. And he thought he finally had a break because maybe he could collect insurance now and get out of this whole building. Lo and behold, there was one tenant that accused him of arson. And there was a lot of damage. There was a sakana. He was liable to get a 40-year sentence of arson because there was a witness that said that he was going, he was in the building at this time. His life would have been destroyed. He didn't know what to do. He ran to the Ribbonitzer Rebbe. And he says, Rebbe, help me out. The Rebbe said, don't worry, but I have to speak to the angel of fire. The Sarosh Oresh. So he leaves and the court case is coming up after a few weeks. He says, I'm sorry, I didn't have a chance to speak to him yet. He says, he's waiting, he doesn't know. He's, wait, he's just waiting there, waiting there. Finally, the Rebbe says at the last minute, okay, come, come inside. The Rebbe says, you see these tefillin? Put on these tefillin. And I want you to wear these tefillin during the court case. Okay. So he takes the tefillin, he puts them on. He says, did you read Berkei Avot this week? No, read Berkei Avot. Did you do, did you do tefillin? These tefillin, you're going to wear them during the court case. He puts them on. After a short while, he says, it's okay, you don't have to wear them during the court case. What was supposed to happen when this tefillin happened? Take them off. Now take this coin of tzedakah from the tzedakah box and listen to me carefully. During the court case, you're going to hold up the, the, the coin in front of the judge the whole time. And if they ask you why you're doing this, my rabbi said so. Uh, okay. And he says, it's very simple. If you're going to believe in the bracha, it's going to happen. If you're not going to believe, it's not going to happen. <laughs> what is he supposed to do? The lawyer already, no lawyer wanted to represent him. They, they Hasidim found one lawyer that was on their payroll that was, you say that he had to, he had to represent them no matter what. And he was, and he was not happy because he knew it was a lost case. Comes the day of the court case. He's holding, he says, Reb, don't worry. The Rebbe told me to hold up the coin. The lawyer said, you, Rebbe said, What? You are not holding up this coin. We're going to lose the case. And it, he says, that's what I'm doing. He, he, he held up the coin. And the, the judge laughed at him. And the judge was, says, what are you saying? And, 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 and they, they were about to start uh, the whole court case. And they said, they're going, to take a, they're going to take a break. In the meantime, the lawyer says, I'm resigning. I'm not taking on this case. I, it's lost. And, and he says, he doesn't know what to do. He calls up the Rebbe. He calls up three. Fifteen times he lets it wing, ring. The Rebbe doesn't answer the phone. Finally, the Gabbai picks up the phone. He says, the Rebbe says, it was in the mikveh. What do you want? He says, look, this is what's happening. They say, I'm not going to win. And he says, the Rebbe says, I don't understand. I told him everything was going to be okay. Why is he bothering me? Okay. Mendel heard that. He says, it's good enough for him. He goes into, the, he goes into court, holds up the coin. And the judge says, okay. Just thought he was crazy. He says, Let's start the prosecution. You know, Mendel, you're facing many, many years in prison. Does not look good for you. Before this star witness that says that they saw Mendel in the building during the arson, he says the following. 
I first want to make a statement in court. He said, okay, swear, and then make that. He says, no, before I swear. He says, no, you can't. He says, before. Okay, go ahead. So the witness says, I want to tell you. And if you don't believe the story, you can pick up the phone and you could call the famous Mordechai ben David singer. He was involved in this court case. He was in between because he was very close to the Ribbon Sarebi. I don't know if you get through to him so easy, but you could call him. And he said, You know, I want to testify in court, but since Father Leo, who I go to church every single Sunday, knows me and I have 13 kids, he said that if I would testify against this Jew that he was in the building, even though he wasn't, then I would get an apartment as part of a reclaiming of all the benefits. But I can't lie in court. And especially if it means this innocent man is going to go to jail for 40 years, I can't do it. If you want to prosecute me for lying in the past, I will be prosecuted. I'm willing to face the consequences. But I can't lie. All of a sudden, everyone's going crazy. They couldn't believe it. And the, 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 this person was exonerated. He, 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 he calls up. The, they, they go to him. Um, Sir, you're free to go. If you want to press charges against, uh, against whoever was involved in this case trying to frame you, you could. He says, I don't know, I'll have to ask my Rebbe. Calls up the Rebbe. The Rebbe says, okay, pick up the phone. Uh, Mendel is calling to say Mazel Tov that the, phone was, uh, that, the, that, the, that the case was won. And he says, uh, Rebbe, should I press charges? He says, no, why? A big Kiddush Hashem that happened with the Ribnitzari. Why? He believed in the bracha. It's not the coin. That's a, he believed in the bracha. And when we believe in our bracha, we believe that we have a zechut in Eretz Yisrael. Hashem gave us Eretz Yisrael. And as Rabbi Weintraub said, in ninth, the, the, the Yishmaelim have a zechut in Eretz Yisrael. When the land is empty, just like their Brit Milah is empty. Well, they're promised Olam with all types of crazy ideas because their Brit Milah is empty. And they lost that zechut in 1918. That means they don't have that zechut anymore. As long as we keep the Brit, and as he says, Reb Weintraub, that means keeping Nida, Shivcha, Goya, and Zona. As long as we keep these four things, we are rightfully the heirs of the Brit of Yitzchak. And Yitzchak is going to be the one telling Ishmael, you didn't keep the Brit, I kept the Brit, and the Geula is going to come. And we have to believe that. We have to believe that we are, we have the Biracha. And we, when we believe that we have the Biracha, Hashem is going to, is going to make sure that all of that, the noise around us dissipates, and the Geula Shleim is going to come. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.